listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. I have Greer here today. So Greer, in one line, give me your name, your title, and the name of your fund. Sure. Happy to. I am Greer Tussler. I am co-founder of Simple Food Ventures. Wonderful. So what inspired you to become a venture capitalist or an investor? So it's funny. I actually came to VC through a very interesting path. I don't have a finance background and I have spent my entire career in business development and marketing. And so after leaving my job two years ago, I found myself given the opportunity to work with a part VC, part Excel, brand accelerator concept. And in that, I started seeing more experience into the food investing space and partnership space. Mm-hmm. And realized that this is something I'm really passionate about. So last year, I had this chunk of money to take and actually put to work and decided mm-hmm. that I could go on and do this on my own. And so I brought my co-founder in and we've been living a better for you lifestyle, really focused on what we're putting into our bodies, making sure that we're avoiding preservatives, additives, fillers, right. all the right. stuff that they put into our food these days. Mm-hmm. given that we both had different health problems. And so we've been living this lifestyle for pretty much ever and realized that this food's so expensive and it shouldn't be. And so what True. we're doing and I was so leveraging my expertise when it comes to just putting the puzzle pieces together of, of looking at a company and figuring out how it can work with another company. Mm-hmm. I actually started to invest this money and, what we do is we're a $2 million fund and we're investing in foods and products in the better for you space. So thinking about everything from your healthy alternatives to really any CPG product that mm-hmm. can be sold at a grocery store. And what oh, and we leverage relationships that I've actually built in my career with a lot of different grocery retailers to cool. help our companies get into conventional grocery earlier on in their journey, because we believe mm-hmm. that when they're unconventional, they can scale and eventually. Absolutely. Going to scale yeah. fast. Way faster. Better get ready for that exactly. one. Because <laughs> if it's popular, if you get good, good placement in a grocery store and it's popular, then yeah, that's, that's going to scale very quickly. And it's hard to do, but if yes. right, you have the right relationships to do in the right, you can open the right doors. It's possible. Mm-hmm. And we feel, and we've seen that the whole food shopper and your, Kroger or your Albertson right. shopper is actually the same customer at this point because True. everyone wants one-stop shop, especially with COVID. Nobody wants to have to go to multiple places to not eat. anymore. Exactly. And so those these conventional grocers need to actually hold these natural organic products in their stores. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at companies that have a natural organic ethos with the mass market appeal 
and we're helping them get into conventional grocery at the same time that they're entering into natural organic. And so they don't need to rethink their price points and their positioning or who their customer is. And so they're better set up for success and scaling more quickly. Awesome. Yeah. So this kind of tails into what is your investment thesis and kind of the motivation behind your thesis? So it kind of answered that question already, but it is truly just to create more access to the better for you space for everyone. So we want to make sure that a box of gluten-free pasta isn't $10 and a box of Barilla pasta is $2. $5, like half. Usually it's around half. Exactly. There -hmm. should be equality in this. Like, why is it more expensive to be better for your body? And at the same time now, better for the environment. So that's really the goal of our fund is to help um, our companies get into conventional grocery earlier on in their journey so that they can scale and just be at an easier price point for people and just be more accessible. Can you talk a little bit about, since this is a component of your thesis, the environmental sustainability portion and, and why is that important now going into grocery stores and moving forward in the future? Organic has now basically become table stakes for companies and you and it doesn't mean as much. So now yeah. companies are trying to differentiate themselves by what they're doing in terms of sustainability, regenerative agriculture, upcycled companies. And these are all these trends where it's better for the environment because for upcycling, you're using food waste to create other products, Correct, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And it actually tastes pretty good. And for sustainability, you're thinking about creating either your wrappers to be sustainable. Or we, I get sent so many packages of samples to try. Right. Most of these companies now, the um, styrofoam that they use to wrap their pa- to wrap their products in is all compostable. So you put it under water. You put it under water, and then it like creates this. It like, melts, or it can create some bomb. type of right, yeah. yeah, some type of other yeah uh, right. stuff to grow stuff with, which exactly. is good. Exactly, and so it it's they're using it as a unique differentiator for each of their companies. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I think grocers realize that customers are going to care about this. And so in order for them to stay competitive with their other competitors, they need to have these products in their stores and they need to show that they're mission driven and they have the same values as their customers. So do you see this, this is again on your thesis, do you see this as, I agree with you, I go to Kroger, but I also go to Whole Foods or I go to Sprouts or Bristol Farms or, you know, Gelson's as well. You're you're too. I go everywhere, but, but I do only go one, like one or two places in the time because you don't want to continuously do that. So how do you see that as a, as a food person? Like, how do you then say, okay, I want to put my food in these types of places. Are you going to put them across all the grocery stores now? Or are you just going to be selective on that? I think that if, if a brand is built to be a mass market brand, there's no point in being selective. Like your opportunity is to just continue to increase your points of distribution. Mm-hmm. It's better for the investors from an investment standpoint because your brand's sales are going to increase. That means their value right. is going to be higher. That means they'll go into higher rounds. And I'm an early stage investor. I obviously am making big bets on these brands and betting on my founders because I believe in their potential. Mm-hmm. But it also for as a customer, I'm a I'm an avid Safeway shopper because I live in the Bay Area. Right. And if I can go to Safeway versus going to Whole Foods, but still get everything, same thing. get my partake cookies at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm getting my Clorox wipes, that's what I'm looking for is the ease of, of convenience. And so the more places that you are, the more people are going to be finding you and so the more self-discovery that you're going to be doing. 
But I think what's also really interesting is I'm a big believer in getting it into the hands of the consumer first before, Mm -hmm. if you can, before entering into grocery. So also finding different and interesting ways to do sampling, which there's a lot of cool apps out there that are doing things like that now. And getting into corporate kitchens first off so that you try it in your office and then you know where to go buy it in your store. So I think- Interesting. Yeah. As much access and like awareness as possible is definitely the best approach. Cool. Excellent. So what are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days? So I follow a lot of the newsletters. Startup CPG is really amazing. They have a lot of amazing content on Clubhouse as well as in their Slack channel. There's just constantly things going on. Indie CPG is another one that has a like a CPG trend insight every quarter and work really closely actually with the founder of that group. She has just she just understands the space backwards and forwards and can answer and just provide such amazing insight into things. Food Borough is another one and Bubble is another great one. And then I honestly learned so much from my LinkedIn uh, like newsfeed because of all the yes. other founders I follow that it's just incredibly helpful. And then outside of the CPG space, I'm reading right now The Vanishing Half and I like can't put it down. What is The, van- what is the Vanishing Half about? Who, who authored that and what is it about? I actually don't know who the author is. (laughs) All good. We'll look it up on Amazon. (laughs) I'll look it up. um, It's about two twins who were born in a town in Louisiana and they're both African American. And then they go to New Orleans. They like run away from home, go to New Orleans together. And they're very light skinned. And one of them actually ends up living her life as white and the other one black. And then there's. That has to be very interesting. So that sounds like something to be reading. It's really, it's very timely, but it's also incredibly well-written and like their stories intertwine and... Yes, I would it, think so. It's great. I'm really... Wow. Okay. That that sounds like one to be, uh, to be reading. Definitely. Awesome. I really suggest it. So here's the bonus question. Okay. Everyone gets it. In two years, when we're speaking again, although we'll be speaking before then, how do you see investing in venture capital evolving or changing? I think what's been so exciting about this space and just through my experience in the last year is seeing how nobody has the typical venture capital background anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I've come into it in a really interesting path. There's a lot of founders who are now doing angel investing and that is growing So I think Mm -hmm. that the space is just going to continue to be more and more collaborative and just more outside the box thinkers. It's not going to be run by, in the past, it was a boys club. And there's a lot of groups out there now to get women on the cap table, get minority founders and minority on the cap table. And so I think it's going to continue to diversify, which I think is going to be a lot more interesting in terms of the investments we're going to see Mm -hmm. and the approach and strategies of the brands as they go forward. Right now, it's also a founder's market. And I think that in two years it might be more of an investor's market because there is so much money at play but there's yeah there's money about there's a lot of money being raised now for that specifically so like then in two years like how is that going to start getting deployed yeah we may see some traction or track records or the beginning of track records around that and there's just so many brands out there though like there i agree we talked to i think i talked to four brands a week. Like my co-founder and I are just constantly talking to new brands and like constantly Mm -hmm. assessing. We're invested in seven companies to date, Mm -hmm. but we make investments probably every three months. So we've been around for less than a year and we have seven investments. That's great. Yeah. That's great. That's very exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. So how do people 
contact you? Through our website at simplefoodvc.com or Mm -hmm. career at simplefoodventures.com. And I'm very quick to answer emails and love talking to people because I'm very much people and we've built this business on relationships. So anytime. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Guru Tesler from Simple Food Ventures for being our guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin T-R-A-I-L-Y-N dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.